Welcome to this episode of Dad Bod History, where the drinks are cold and the takes are old. Eric, Kyle, how you doing? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So amazing. Liquid death. This is one I found today. It's it's convicted, convicted melon. Convicted oh, melon. It's been put in jail and well, so all the. Is All it the names than the are like this. Honeydew? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so spice. It's a. I haven't had this one before. It's okay. It's like a watermelon, cucumberish flavor. So I'm not my not my favorite. But they have severed lime, uh, mango chainsaw, uh, bury it alive, and um, yeah, they're, they're good. Most of them are good. Is this one. Like a toxic masculinity campaign to get men to start consuming <laughs> but, fruit. But you know what it is? So it's like murder or thirst because they make okay. they make like spring water too. But okay. here, this is a this is a marketing genius. When you go in and read it, um, so it says uh, this ruthless tall boy of flavored sparkling water has a twisted plan to use natural agave and exploding bubbles to murder your thirst and recycle your soul. But then you go on their website. And it's uh, hashtag death to plastic, and they're all about using recyclable materials and not using plastic. I, it's very, it's a great gimmick. Uh, it's great marketing. I love Real it. Real men recycle. I like it. <laughs> so it gets the job done. This is not my favorite flavor, though. So when I come back and I have a green can, that'll be my favorite. What's the green can? Severed lime. Severed, Severed lime. lime. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Why do you, you don't need marketing agents when you just uh, do no. seven seventh grade surveys. So let me explain. We're gonna no, that's something. Okay, hold on, that's ahead. no joke, Kyle. So I uh, a few <laughs> months ago, uh, my assistant coach and I were at a game, and we were leaving the next day for this big tournament. And uh, he had one of them, and I looked at it. And I said, "What's that?" He said, "Well, it's liquid death." I'm like, "What is it?" He says, oh, it's just water. I said, okay, that's that's interesting. And a kid from the other school looked at him. He says, oh, I cannot wait. The new one drops tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean the new? It's water. It's like, no, no, the new flavor drops tomorrow. And I'm like, this is wild. So. Here I am drinking um, tap like a chump. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, you're, you're an embarrassment, Jake. Um. So since then, I've been kind of hooked. Like, it's great marketing. Great. Mm -hmm. It's just water. It's, it's pretty, it's just pretty fantastic, right? Because yeah. it's, we need to get, we need to get people drinking water. But men don't want to drink regular water. No. We need it to be like hyper masculine, hyper aggressive. Yeah. It's but like, we're it's like bull fruit. shark soap. But here's really. <laughs> The softest thing on the world, like let me explain. Sound like it's in a death metal band. <laughs> you you've probably seen like uh, uh, Lacroix and Waterloo mm -hmm. sparkling water. Theirs are too sparkling, like it's a harsh uh, carbonation, and the flavor is like a little too much, almost uh, like you're drinking turpentine. Like it's just too much. This one is perfect. It's actually really good. The bubbles are kind of soft. I will say um, this. <laughs> the bubbles are soft. Nice soft bubbles. 
I will say this. It was uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of my son's soccer games, they had like, you know, snacks, orange slices, all that stuff afterwards. And, and the parent that was bringing the snacks that week had sparkling water. I think it was LaCroix. I don't know. Anyway, my son grabbed one. He tried it. He didn't like it at all. And I remember when I was a kid, I hated sparkling water. It was terrible. But he'd opened the cans. I'm like, well, I guess I'll drink it. And I drank it. I'm like, this is actually refreshing, you know, since the last time I tried it 35 yeah. years ago. Like, it's actually pretty good. So I guess I've, I guess I've changed. That's all I'm saying. I think a lot of those types of drinks, the, uh, like you said, how, like, all joking aside, the soft bubbles type of thing where it's a softer carbonation. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. It, I, I think kids a lot of times sometimes are, more sensitive to that stuff. So if it's marketed well, to the younger. Yeah. I don't obviously. know that it's marketed to children, but it's, it's got this like crazy skull on it. The boxes look like a, you know, a grateful dead album cover. It's pretty cool. Like, I mean, I thought you were drinking like a four loco knockoff when you, so here's the, the so thing. I was I, tricked. I was drinking one during parent teacher conferences and a parent came into my room and they pointed at it and they said, oh, my gosh, your energy Sorry. drink looks like a beer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's not even it's just water. It's not even an energy drink. It's just water. <laughs> it's totally natural. But it, my uh, water fooled someone into thinking it was an energy drink that looked like beer. So awesome. I can't. It, if you don't mind me asking, how much are they? I mean, they're expensive. I mean, so if you're buying, I bought this individual one off the shelf. It was two twenty nine. So it's um, but so it's still a little cheaper than an energy drink. Then yeah, it is. Um, and this one, the the flavored ones do have a little bit of sugar in them. Uh, no caffeine though. Um, but I'll buy a box of twelve. <clears throat> I mean, these are these are what twenty almost twenty ounces. Okay, I'll buy a, a box of twelve for like fifteen bucks. 16 bucks. So it's not terrible. I mean, <clears throat> it's what I'll drink with dinner or I'll take one to school. I'm not like dr- drinking three or four at a time. And I still take like a bottle of That's iced water, water with me. You can't have that much water in one sitting. Right. Work. So I'll take right. the regular uh, mountain sparkling water and I'll mix it with a little lemon juice. <laughs> you just refuse to use tap water now. <laughs> tap done well i wouldn't drink tap <laughs> in this part of california so all right all right well, let's saying. get this show on track not even back oh. on track let's just get it on track uh i got a question for you guys kyle get ready for this okay would you rather i saw this <clears> on twitter that's hold on do we do we want to like intro what we're going to talk about this episode or just Oh, yeah. Let's talk about. Uh, we don't have to. We could surprise no, everyone. Fine. So I got a hypothetical for you guys. It's red, pl- red pill, blue pill. That's the segment. First segment. Uh, you got to choose one or the other. Uh, and then the second one is uh, we're going to talk about AI, chat GPT, you know, mm. when Skynet goes self-aware and takes over the world, that whole thing. Then uh, we want to get into the, the Medal of Honor and kind of the history of it. Some famous recipients, the kind of the purpose behind it, and um, go from there. And then the last one I have is, and this is another hypothetical, it's going to be regarding like your favorite fast food sandwiches and burger toppings, stuff like that. 
So let's get into it. Here's your red pill, blue pill question. Would you rather, red pill, become six years old again with all of your knowledge that you have and just go back and become six again? Or, blue pill, would you rather take $10 million cash today? So if you had to choose between those two options, Lawrence Fishburne's got a red pill and a blue pill. You can take the red pill, become six again with all of your knowledge that you've gained throughout your life, and then basically relive your life or 10 million cash. And and for the Rand and for the red pill question, because this was a debate on the text Rand, uh, the way I thought of it initially was that I would go back in time as a six year old, um, you know, back to 1987 and then relive my life as a six year old, but with all my knowledge. But then I think Eric, you were the one that brought up all, does that mean six in the present day? Cause I think the answer changes or can change based on that. It's like you, you today, tonight you are, I'm 41 years old tomorrow. I become six again, but it's still, you know, May of 2023. So we, we don't know which it is. No, but we got to make a choice. So I'll say this. I think regardless of the red pill option, if it's going back in time or becoming six in today, uh, I would still take the $10 million cash. Yeah. I I know what, yeah, I know what the purpose of the question is, right? Like, yeah. Uh, the obvious answer is to become six because with your knowledge, there's no way you, you won't end up with more than $10 million. It's like the, would you take a million dollars today or double a penny every day for a month? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's the whole question of um, everything that has made me me, everything that I have now that is not monetary in value, I I give up yeah, in order to I- become six again. I guess that would be my big question. I, I, and I guess maybe this is a dad point of view, but they're like, if I went back to being six, would it be a different reality? Like where I continue living on, like a version of me continues living on or do, is it the same reality? Like where oh I go my back? God, now we're getting into time paradox. Well, no, well, I, I guess I get, this is what I'm saying is I wouldn't give up uh, my son. To go back in time. Exactly. I wouldn't give up. See, that's the thing. So I definitely, definitely wouldn't go back in time because then I wouldn't have gotten married. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't have yeah. the kids. I wouldn't have met Eric. You know, there's no way I'm going to Concordia University. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if I am if I know all this other stuff, I'll be like, well, no, I can, you know, I can make a totally different path in life. And I know because if you tried to like recreate your life, knowing all the stuff, you know, you still wouldn't do it. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't go back in time to 1987 and become six again. And but, I think I'd go to jail if I was turned, like, I don't know if an eighties person could survive like <laughs> being six. But here's the thing. Another thing about that is if you go back in time to six but you have the knowledge of a 40 something mm-hmm. you still have to go to kindergarten and first grade. And I would be so annoyed 
I'd be like, I swear to God, Billy, if you steal my pencil one more time, I'm going to karate chop your face. Like, no, no, I don't need to do this. I'd be bored in class. I would act out. Everyone's thinking, oh, well, I'll be a genius in the stock market. No, no, no. I would probably get expelled because yeah. I would hate my classmates. So, so I'd be, I would have the brain of a 40 year old in a first grade classroom, which maybe is telling on me. I don't know. But so there, there's, there's two things here. Whether learn how to ride a bike. Oh God. Whether, whether it's, it's now or whether I go back to 1987, my knowledge, especially in a six-year-old's body, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, however that knowledge is stored, it's still the brain of a six or seven-year-old. There's no way I'm going to be able to communicate the things that that I know because I'm going to be trying to do it as a seven-year-old. I'm going to have the, the same handwriting as a seven-year-old. I'm not mm-hmm. – I, well, I, that is my handwriting, but right, yeah, maybe that's true. <laughs> but I also thought about, you know, okay, so in either case, again, let's say I take that choice, <clears throat> uh, I, I'm still going to have to go through. Like, I I know that there's this, uh, there's there's so much power in discipline. And if I'm at if I'm at six years old and I know that, hey, if I'm just disciplined, I'm going to be able to do whatever I want. I'm still going to hit 13, 14 years old. I'm still going to hit puberty. Oh, and no, no matter no matter how much like knowledge I have, I'm going to be. I'm going to be so distracted, you know. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, there's no way I get through that period and stay focused on I, whatever it is I think that I want to do. And uh, you would also have like the Cassandra problem too, for anybody who has like a lot of morality. Like, who who do you call to try to like? Do you stop nine eleven or do you just get really drunk oh, on that Cassandra. day? Uh, the Greek. The Greek uh, prophet that nobody believed. She kept telling people, like, she's like, no, don't do this because we're all. I thought you meant Cassandra from Wayne's World. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Now I'm Googling that person. That's the other question is, if I'm going back in time with all my knowledge, you know, is there any is there any benefit to me saying, hey, uh, I know things about the future. And maybe I'm what eight, nine years old. I'm like, hey, in a month, uh, Germany is going to reunite. And they're going to tear the wall down, and you know so everyone's going like to look at Biff, you like you're crazy. Be like Biff Tannen yeah. from Back to the Future. Sure, but but right. there's a point at which book. can I prevent something? Can I prevent an action? Even if people listen to me, say, hey, this is going to happen at this time of day, and mm-hmm. we prevent it. I feel What's, like honestly, is is there Eric, some other unintended consequence? If you tried to do that, if you go back in time and you tried to do that, I feel like more likely than not you'd be on the cover of National Enquirer next to Bat Boy. Like uh, maybe know. that's where those people came from. Maybe they went through this <laughs> process. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. But yeah. like I feel like that's where that would go. Uh it'd be like, you know, Nostradamus toddler sort of thing. Yeah. Um, well, so there was a and I can't remember where I heard it or where it comes from. I don't know if it's from like an ancient culture where they believe that 
all children are, you know, they're reincarnated, but up until a certain age, they remember all this stuff. They just have no way of communicating it. And so once they finally learn to communicate properly, all that knowledge like fades away. It's a little terrifying to think about, but yeah. Yeah. I think for me though, the question goes back to, you know, having the ability to, like I said, if I took the, the red pill, so red pill, I would be a billionaire. I'd have like multiple super hot ex-wives and children that I only see like on vacations. And honestly, I, I think I know myself pretty well. If I had that kind of money and power, I would certainly be trying to pull strings all over the place for whatever my machinations were. So yeah, no, I I'm not sure that's a good idea. I agree with that. And I, I'm on the same boat as you. I will say Jeff, when we asked the question in the group chat, he said he would, he would take, what did he say? He goes, I would take 45 years of youth in the hand way like in a heartbeat over, um, over $10 million. Yeah. But he's, you know, and so I thought about that because not that he's that much older. I think Jeff's 50 now we're in our forties, but he's looking at it from like a, well, I get this much youth back. Like, yeah, that's an easy, that's an easy get for me. Not so much the money, but just having decades yeah. of life again with all the knowledge that he has. And I think the older you get, the more appealing that part of the question becomes. Yeah. You know, if you're 70, 80 years old, what is $10 million to you as opposed to getting to relive your life? You know, especially if you didn't have a good life, <laughs> like if you, yeah. or, you know, if you had a terrible life, even if you're just 30 or 40 and you're like, but the life that you had is really hard and not satisfying. You're like, yeah, absolutely. I'd go back in time and not make the mistakes I made. So I think that's another, just make totally new ones. <laughs> Maybe, but Hey, yeah. I mean, you'd kind of have to, are. I certainly I think, wouldn't, you know, there's, there's certain things I'd, I'd want to, I'd want to do those mistakes again, but just tweak it so that, I don't get caught or, you know, that I, Absolutely. you know, am able to but, walk away unscathed. What, sure. Who was that? Captain Kirk? Who, I need my pain. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry. I, you I'm know, sorry. You <laughs> can't have my pain. I yeah. think it was Cisco. Maybe yeah, it was Kirk. Which Whatever one? You which? About. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm total nerd. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't have my pain. And that was a big thing to him. Like, I'm not giving that up to you because that's the one thing I have that you can't control. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's also from. Maybe I'm mixing up fantasy worlds, which is totally possible. It's also from Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive. Um, one of the main characters, Dalinar, says that you can't have my pain. Um, hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's an interesting question, though. Like, I. Immediately when I saw it, I'm like, well, obviously I would just take the 10 million because I like my life. Like, yeah, I'm happy. I'd like my, my life body. better with 10 million. But. but if you give me 10 million, the life I already like is going to be even better. Mm-hmm. And, and I get to share time, it with the people that I have now. Exactly. Because if I had to go back and part of my knowledge was the people that I had, 
And then I, you know, eventually return back to 41 and things have turned out wildly different. And I think back on those were my children. They, they don't exist now. Uh, I don't know where my once wife ended up, you know, and some of those things play out in my head, like to think, okay, you know, maybe I could go find her and. But she doesn't um, know you now. Like that's she doesn't know me or she's like, oh, you're that guy from grade school who like got super famous or got super wealthy, like in eighth grade from doing something. Like, why are you talking to me? Six-year-old Eric putting the moves (laughs) on your wife. And hey, I'm going to be a big thing. Okay. Just just, hang out. (laughs) She's like, just wait for me, baby. She's like, do you want my, do you want my chocolate milk? (laughs) He's like, no, no, no. Just trust me. Big things for this guy. I know it all. (laughs) What a, Yeah. I, I I see the appeal of doing, especially those young parts of life over, thinking that I'd be able to handle puberty again with some discipline and yeah. keep my, my eye on whatever the ball was. But I like that idea, but I also know me. Yeah. And that's, I know it wouldn't work. Like it just this master plan where I'd become like, oh, I better invest in Bitcoin. Like I would forget. Like it, it wouldn't happen. I'd get too distracted going partying again. Like, like I'm good where I'm at. I don't need to re- remove yeah. that. I'm good where I'm at with ten million dollars. And just to get a little more real, like some of these things, I don't want to live through again. I yeah. don't want to live yeah. through losing my mom and dad no. again, knowing that it's coming, and there's really nothing I can do to fix it. Um. That would be foreboding to try to anticipate that. Yeah, that would ruin all the happy, mo- like yeah, this all was the great- moments before that, right? Like yep. you might enjoy certain days more so. You might cherish them more. You might think them through, but then in like that time leading up to it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it would yeah. just become this dread, constant. Like obsessiveness mess, almost mess with you yeah yeah and and you know I, I think through people that i've lost um through things i think that could have been prevented and it's like well how do you prevent it does it now, really make it better right like yeah. can, can you can you prevent those things that's one of my one of my favorite uh, this this topic and like to anybody who's reads reads manga or watches anime like isekai is like basically this exact thing and it's like one of the most popular genres right now in japan and one of the big uh one of the most popular ones is called Steinsgate. um the the person actually starts going insane because he has to decide which one of his friends is going to pass away Jesus. because he can he can only save one of them Oh my yeah. god! Have you seen the butterfly effect? Yeah, that's yeah. The it, it, that uh, I watched that within the past Ashton year because Kuch- I yeah, Kutcher? and I had yeah. never watched it. I watched it. I'm like, that was actually a really good and dark film. Like every choice he makes leads to somebody else suffering. Yeah. Um. And yeah, in Steingate, in Steinsgate, he actually has a 
for some odd reason, uh, he can actually see. He's got a little measuring device. So every decision he makes, he can see how much it's altered the future. Huh. <laughs> and so, and that's one of the things that drives him nuts. Is, so let's... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no that was... Oh. Okay, I was going to say, so let's look at it from the you become six tomorrow okay. perspective. Because then you don't have the time stuff, right? You just no. become a six-year-old again tomorrow. But that means yes. your wife is still there. Your kids are still there. You're in the same house. You still have the same job, but all of a sudden you're a six-year-old. Hold on. Whoa, hold on. That's, <laughs> that, that makes it – no, no, not the job part. Eric, I, I, trying just, to discipline and parent your kids when you are my six? kid would my kid would beat me up. It's not where I how I oh gosh, I think that's worse somehow. Th- like, there is there there is some wildly worse things about this. Yeah, like I'm you just gonna I'm look six. up and be like, I'm, I'm six. Uh, I don't I don't like girls, but you're my wife. <laughs> I don't I don't want to eat peas for dinner. I don't care. You can't make me go to bed, Amy. So like, that just, the, I you know, I just assumed I would I would wake up as a six year old in a family somewhere tomorrow, you know, May whatever, twenty twenty three. But no, I'm nope. in my house with my family. Yeah, you are still yeah. legally married and the so, father of three children, but you can't what's the, drive. What's the opposite of big? Well, small. <laughs> small, yeah. You, you I, solved the question. Good job. <laughs> Crack the case, man. You know, so that that's what this is. This is the movie Big. Or you know so what? It's – um, You become small again. What's the uh, one the with – Tom uh, Hanks. Tom Hanks one. Yeah, that, that's Tom Hanks. But the other one is um, with uh, Matthew Perry and Zac Efron. 17 he, again. 17 again. That was that's a great movie. movie. Uh, so yeah, they've done that, but still, seventeen is different than six. Oh well, sure. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. But then you got Zach like hitting on the mom. Yeah, because it's his wife. Weird. It's really weird. As a six-year-old, anyways, it's all right. Well, this that gosh, it would be weird. That one down. Yeah, I'm like so. Podcasting from down here. Hey guys, I'm ready to podcast. Yep. Uh, Let's finish my bedtime. I'm I'm taking the cash. I'm taking the cash. That one's just too weird. But man, again, there's the experience, there's the wisdom. But am I going to be able to communicate it as a six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Or am I going to be that? I'm going to get beat up so much because I'm going to be that know it all. Oh, you're even like if I don't, like, even if I don't know all the events that are going to happen, you know, I just start talking about because you know all the answers. It's um, you know, according to uh, modern monetary theory, uh, we can we can raise uh, revenue without raising taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anyways, well, the main goal here is full employment. <laughs> that that's what we want. <laughs> Shut up, Eric. Anyway, awesome. Well, moving on from that wonderful hypothetical, uh, artificial intelligence, are the robots going to take over? If so, will they be benevolent overlords? Are we watching what we say in case they're listening right now? Yeah. I, I, I'm willing to give them a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Good. 
I do think it's interesting. Hold, hold up a second. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we're good. Thought you're I was checking to make to... sure your toaster wasn't <laughs> listening? <laughs> no, I know the toaster's listening. I was just checking on the fridge. Uh, no, I was. I might. I might have needed to step away for a moment, but I think we're okay. So, so AI. That's what we're moving on to. Yeah, let's get right into. You know, it. you know what I just uh, clicked into was I'm, I'm taking a look at. Uh, oh, Google Bard now, which is their AI type thing, and this looks interesting. So I asked it a prompt, and it gave me. Three drafts, uh-huh. and each one is a little bit different. Oh, geez, we literally had students using Chat GPT. A teacher had assigned them an essay, and they literally pulled it up their Chromebooks right there and started using it. And he saw it on their screens. He's like, "Oh yeah, you can't use Chat GPT," and they're like, "Oh, why not?" It's like, "Are you like that?" No. Oh. I but I'm I'm not reactive. Like I'm not thinking, oh, we have to find a way to prevent kids from using this. We'd have to teach them how to use it well. Um but of course it's never that quite that easy. So I honestly like with the chat, uh I, I forget GPT. I, I apologize, I don't remember the, the the letters. Chat GPT, yeah. Oh, it is GPT? Okay. Like my uh, like, obviously, my professors uh, are very, like, dead set against it. And they're, they're starting to catch people because they're writing better than they used to, um, <laughs> which is okay. Um, but uh, I, I honestly don't mind it that much because most of the people who are going to cheat are going to cheat anyway. And... For, uh, because I've, I've looked at it a little bit for some of the, the papers and stuff that like you can plug in the papers and then ask it a question. And sometimes it actually has been a really good resource of, well, I don't have anybody to ask right now, but I don't remember exactly what this chapter of Thomas Kuhn is talking about. So, you know, I can plug that in and be like, oh, okay, that was a good summary. And now I can go look it up and understand it a little more if that doesn't sound right. I'm not going to use that. Writing. Well, again, you're talking about at a collegiate level. Um, here I have seventh and eighth graders who realize, oh, this is a. This gets me from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. When the, the objective is not to get to point B, the objective is to. To to do the work that it takes to get from point A to point B. And so many students are so focused on getting done. Yeah. They're failing to do the process. And the process here would be writing something to understand something and then write about it. Now, I understand. I I get that they're not going to have a job of writing essays for a living, but they will have the task of conveying their Mm -hmm. thoughts in an organized manner. And so part of me wants to say, Let's use ChatGPT. Let's let's take it in the class, have it write the essay for us as an entire class, and then hand that back to students and be like, you change it. You make the changes that you want to make to this. Improve yeah. it. 
and and make sure that it's accurate type thing um but it's hard i i gave my students an assignment a few weeks ago i don't assign a lot of homework and i did i said you have to read this this article and tomorrow we're going to do a socratic seminar and if you you have to turn in your work your prep work in the morning you can't work on it before class or in other class you have to turn it right away in the morning so i know that you know at least you aren't working on it during the rest of class and uh there were some that failed to do that but you know some people just want the quick route now i guess i mean to say that it's comparable to a a calculator is probably is overly simplifying it but it's kind of going along the same technology too where people people today are more about I guess my question for two people who have been teachers was, do you think that the education system is switching? And this is a question, not a like, oh, I, I don't know this at all, honestly. Uh, it's Is the education switching from memorization to process building? No. You don't think so? I, I think teachers want to. I think institutions resist that because it's hard. Some teachers resist that because that's hard. It is hard. It's very difficult to enforce processes over something you can assess very easily. Mm-hmm. I can assess memorization very easily. It's much harder to assess whether a student has yeah. has followed a process and mastered that process. Um, so you know and, it, the the problem is that, apologies if I'm belittling. I, I'm not. I, I just it's not your guys. Your guys's wheelhouse is not my wheelhouse. <laughs> so if I if think, I, if what I'm asking is insulting, I apologize. <laughs> not that I mean obviously things have changed since I taught, but I think when I taught and I, I would wager that not much has changed is that increasingly at least in america maybe other countries are different but in america they are as eric said they're always focused on point b what is the answer and not what learning did i do to get to the answer and um i mean as long as the end goal is what is the answer well then yeah chat gpt or any ai can do that for us um you know and i think that's a big problem with the education, right? Cause it's all based on standardized tests. And, um, you know, when I had those students that were good students and they'd go to me, Eric, you remember them? Uh, yeah. Alyssa and Emily and like Elizabeth, is this the right answer? Is this right now? Like, well, how did you get to that answer? Well, I yeah. did this and this and this. Well, did you feel good about what you did? Yeah. Like, okay, you can turn it in. Like, but is it right? Well, I guess you'll find out like, like you get so focused on the answer, but in work, like in, in my job now, it's, I mean, the, the right answer is not as simple as choosing, you know, filling in a bubble on a test. It's, yeah. it's a whole process and it's working together and thinking critically and problem solving. And like, that's, yep. that's what matters. And that's what schools should be teaching 
and the content, the answers are part of that, but they're not the end goal, at least in my opinion. Right. With all that to say, you know, what does AI do or how does that change things? I don't know, but, um, well, I think the, the best kind of indicator of what this kind of AI can do is in programming in that now I can program using natural language, right? I can, I can type into chat GPT, help me write a program that's going to do this and this and this, and then it'll say, okay, here's the code you need for this. Here's a code you need for this. And here's, here's how you're going to connect these things. And so one of the benefits of that is somebody can, can write a program much more quickly. Mm-hmm. They still have to have the skills of, of building the program, the larger pieces and putting them together, mm-hmm. but they don't have to sit, sit down and code it all out. One, so we can actually, people are going to be able to create apps and write code much more quickly because they don't have to slog through this stuff. The problem in, in my estimation is going to be that people are going to stop understanding the underlying code of all of these things, but you still have to know how to manipulate data in order to to build uh, an actual program that works. You can't just say, uh, build me a, of an app that's going to go viral and make me a million dollars. It's not going to work. You need to give it direction. So one of the things with these tools that, that humans need to realize is how to, how to give it the right prompts, how to give it the proper instructions so we can give you what you actually need. Yeah. And, and there's things that AI can do. Um, and it's already in the process of like, when it comes to studying diseases and finding cures, AI can process the information at a rate that we just can't do um, conventionally. And it can help us solve things like how to actually cure certain types of cancer because it can think as it's processing and adjust as it's processing. And like, that's incredibly beneficial. Now on the other side, and this is something that Jeff was alluding to, you know, there's what the guy, Eliezer Yudkowsky, who was the guy a couple months ago that said, it's going to kill us all. And that's the big fear is that it becomes self-aware. And according to this guy, obviously the logical conclusion of that is it's going to, take over and destroy all of humanity, if not all life on earth. And who was the person who last month instructed an AI to destroy all of humanity? Oh, there's some like chaos GPT. Yeah. AI on Twitter or something. And you know, that's possible. Then you can just create a, an AI that fights that one. I don't know, but like, yeah. it's, it's just interesting. Cause it's like, I guess it's so beyond my concept of how to grasp at this issue. It's like, well, I guess if it does, then it's been a good run. Like, I don't know what else to say to that. Um, but I see a lot of benefit 
to artificial intelligence and quantum computing. Um, and obviously there are huge risks to that as well, but I, I mean, I, I don't know how worked up I can get about either side of that. Yeah. I, I, th- I think in some ways AI is so far beyond what we thought it would be. Uh, and in other ways, like uh, self-driving cars, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's so also on the same side, so less than we thought it would be. Yeah. So, like the potential is there, but it's also like, I mean, chat GPT is a language model. That's what it does. Yeah. It's not, accessing the nuclear codes like it's a language model it has a specific directive you know and it's working within those parameters and i think you know it's important that we have guardrails about that but it's also like as eric and i have seen like you have to fact check it like because really what it's doing is it's just mining data on the internet and saying, well, here's what all this data says. So here's my predictive based on that. It's not like actually reasoning through. It's just pulling data and putting it to you in what it considers a logical or predictive format. Uh, random question for two people who have been so much in the education system. Uh, do you think with the way AI is going that things like philosophy and logic and problem solving will become much more pumped back in just because of the, with the ability for, we'll just say 15 years down the road that AI will be able to be like, Hey, you know, just do this for me, you know, but uh, trying to understand what you need, how to do it, how to go about it, or should you go about it might become a much more popular thing again, because it's like walking around with a digital gun to an extent. Yeah. I I don't know if that's like not trying to be like apocalyptic. I just mean, well, will that be something to get start because of the access and ability that I I assume 20 years from now we'll have uh, AIs that blow our minds that will be on our smartphones. Probably. Yeah. Um, Philosophy, the whether or not, you know, with the, he and Malcolm, they were so worried about whether they could, they didn't think they should sort of thing. Yeah, I I would hope so. No, you know, just wondering. But. Just I mean, if that's well, I think there there's going to be an ethical element <clears throat> to AI because for me, I I really do not understand the mechanics of this whole thing and the technical aspects of it to the extent that a lot of people really do understand it. For me, I think it becomes a a much more philosophical question as to um, is this thing at some point going to constitute uh, a life that we have to consider sentient and uh, that has innate value so that we aren't we aren't able to end it you know we can't we can't kill these machines because that would be immoral to end those lives so there's going to be a philosophical question as to what constitutes these things in terms of life. Um, there's going to be an ethical question in terms of uh, what is the appropriate way to use this kind of, uh, you know, power 
right? Would it be ethical to allow one of these things powered by a quantum computer that could properly dictate how to distribute um, resources across the entire planet to all people in the most equitable way? I mean, presumably the thing could do that. Is it going to be ethical to to take that model and say, we're going to enforce this? Mm-hmm. I, there's some some tricky things there. And just yeah. like you could presumably use it for good to distribute resources in a way that everyone benefits well, you know, to, to a good extent. Um, you know, somebody could potentially use it to you know carry out uh plans for an invasion and a coup or something so who knows yeah no i agree right because like ethical questions like that the there is a uh there's a good argument to say this needs to be shut down it needs to be halted and I forget that was Sam Altman, I think, that said, hey, we need to put a no six months. Is the no, he well, no, Elon Musk and a bunch of other people. And Elon Musk was one of the original founders or supporters of ChatGPT. Yeah. He and a bunch of other people were like, saying, let's put a six month moratorium on it. Right. And then Eliezer Yudkowski is like, well, six months isn't enough and this is going to kill us all. Sam Altman is the one currently running ChatGPT and he's like, he is obviously not wanting to put a moratorium on it because it's the thing he's doing. Yeah. Um, well, so the reason I bring that up is because, you know, regardless of regardless of the ideology that exists at any one place, um, it's going to seek out advancing technology because it's to the benefit of that ideology to have the most up-to-date technology and to self-limit means to, you know, put a, put a quick end to your own ideology. So no ideology that's going to survive is going to self-limit, right? Like any, any, any culture or, civilization that says we're going to limit ourselves on how we're going to expand they die quickly because you have to be aggressive if you're going to win out against other aggressive groups so this is the technology that everyone has to pursue if it was genetics people will pursue it because it's not in their it's not in their long-term interest to not pursue these things mm-hmm. And no government's going to not do it. Yeah. Yeah. They might say everyone else should stop. If the United States stops doing it, China's going to keep pursuing it. Right. And if the United States had said, you know, building an atomic bomb could be really, really bad for everybody. Maybe we should stop. Well, the Soviets and the Germans would have continued with their programs. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, we get stuck in this thing where it's inevitable that people will pursue this and it's in 
it's in that particular group's that party's uh, best interest to pursue the next technology, because to not do so will leave you behind somebody. Yeah, and so, even if they don't use it, like there's plenty of military technologies we have that we don't use, but we don't right. want to not know them. Just right? in case somebody else is developing it. Like that's the thing. And, and, you know, and it doesn't all have to be warmongering and stuff like that. But if we have an ability to make our people live longer through the development of a new technology, be it cloning, genetics, AI, we're going to pursue that because it makes our nation more fit to survive. Now, there's risks with all those things, but not pursuing them is probably the biggest risk because it makes right. us vulnerable in many ways. Yeah, I think I, I think that uh, nuclear technology is a very good comparison to AI. Something horrible will probably happen uh, eventually. Potentially well, could happen. But do the, I think, do the benefits I, outweigh the risks? Yeah, I, I and, and I guess that's what it is. I mean, we have Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which for the atomic bombs, but we also have nuclear Chernobyl. medicine, Chernobyl, but we also have nuclear medicine. We okay, have a, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, so, and I guess, and I, that's kind of, something bad will happen. Somebody will use AI as a weapon. Well, and like, I, I remember, gosh, it was a 10 years ago now, when they turned on the Hadron Collider. You're like, oh, it's going to form a black hole and eat the Earth. Hmm. Right? No, it just created a new timeline. That's all it did. Yeah, no, everything's fine. <laughs> the old timeline's ruined, but we're, we're fine. Um, no. Like, that was a concern. And and now we make little mini black holes every day. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, we, well, we, do. We, we do. We <laughs> do. But we didn't die. Like, it didn't no. consume the Earth. Like, that's the whole no. thing is. Not this version. No. No, no, we're fine, guys. Everything's fine. But again, yes, those risks are going to be there. But I also think those risks, have, like you guys have said, have been there for every technology. Mm -hmm. And because we've always had doomsayers, for whatever reason, humanity has been able to mitigate those risks and put up appropriate guardrails to make sure that the worst thing didn't happen. As scary as nuclear power is and as terrifying as Hiroshima and Nagasaki was, we did not have the nuclear winter that was preached throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And that was a real thing. And we got close a couple of times, but it didn't actually happen because we, yeah. as a society, as a species, we had the self-preservation to realize if we push this, it could kill us all. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we stopped developing nuclear technology. Right. And I think the same thing can be said for AI. Like, yeah, there are huge risks to it. I don't think AI, I don't think a sentient intelligence is the biggest risk. I think it's being used by the wrong people that's the biggest risk. I think I, it's I actually think it, the semi the semi sentient intelligence that will be the biggest risk. Maybe, but I, the, I just think even if even if AI became self-aware, I think it would view us kind of with the same regard that we view bugs. They're just there. I mean, well, if it became I, this supreme intelligence, I think it would look at us like, oh, eh, look at those humans. 
As long no. as they don't get in my way, I don't care. Well, I, I, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is it's, it's the in between where we're like, we're like, Oh, Hey, uh, we're going to have this AI look at China's military system and try to see if we could disable it. And we're like, Oh, we programmed that a little bit wrong. And it actually, instead of running a drill, it did it. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's not so bad, I guess. Um, well, I, I guess that's what I'm worried about is where it's, it's not actually self-aware yet. It's still just following orders, but it's so far beyond what we expected because AI is doing stuff now that's like, oh, let's have it do this. And it's going zoom. And you're like, oh, wow, that happened way faster than I thought it should have. Yeah. Did you see that <laughs> that video that someone put together of like a, a generic beer commercial for like a backyard party? Mm-mm. And so it, it has... Um, it has it's playing All Star by uh, that music group that did All Star, okay. and uh, <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it's playing that music, and it's this backyard party. If you're looking at it through like blurred vision, it looks like a real beer commercial. And there's people in the backyard, and they're drinking beers, and there's music and there's there's and the camera's moving around and it's really cool. But then you start to look at some details and as the commercial goes further along, it starts to come apart. Like the, the seams of reality start pulling apart. So you see hands with like six fingers or hands like a, a, a right hand where a left hand should be, mm. you know, holding bottles. There's hands inside the glass of the bottle. Um you know, there's a there's a fire pit in the middle and the fire is getting larger and larger and and the whole thing just seems to like devolve into this acid laced nightmare. And 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 the song one of the one of the hooks in the song just starts repeating over and over and over. <laughs> and it's it's just got this insane um <laughs> kind of lilt to it. But I, I actually I've Googled I'm gonna play it right after this. And and it's, it's funny because it's like, well, that's the toddler version of AI doing that. And that that almost that would fool people if they weren't paying attention, if they saw it in the background. Mm -hmm. So but there's more where they're doing these um where they're they're doing photos and video close up in areas, and then they're letting the AI fill in everything between these two shots. So it's mm -hmm. like the, it's like almost like a drone footage, but it's not drone footage. It's, it's footage in specific areas. And then it's transitioning between them to look like it's a drone mm -hmm. and it is, it looks good. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they add in uh, some of the other stuff. I saw some AI take a podcast, like an episode and it, just with the directions they gave it, it cut out all the dead air and then collapsed all the video and audio back together. So there's no dead air. And it's like, that's, that just saved that person 30 minutes. That's brilliant. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, I, it's not an enemy. Per it's se. a tool. It's a tool. It's a tool. Yeah. I mean, and as as long as we maintain control of that tool, and as long as uh, we use it for good, we shouldn't have a problem. 
So. I agree. I knew you would. <laughs> Whatever you said, I agree with it. All right. Uh, Let's wrap that up. You want yeah. to get into some Medal of Honor stuff? So You know, I, I feel like that's going to be a long segment. I'm not sure how much I can maintain at this point. So you just want to do that on a separate episode? Yeah. All right. Let's get into Tune burgers. In next week, as we talk about the Medal of Honor. Let's do burgers. Uh, but let's give them a teaser. Medal of Honor. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about First some Medal of Honor. During the Civil oh, War. Great great hold on. Yeah, but the the first recipient, because uh, oh shoot, Jacob um, Parrot, Jacob Parrot. But 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 here's the best thing. Uh, it was that raid in Big Shanty, Georgia. Big Shanty, Georgia. Big Shanty. Tune in next week to talk about the big raid in Big Shanty. It's one it's of fascinating the- story. I would watch that movie. That's all I'm saying about this. This great locomotive chase in Big Shanty. I would watch that movie. I think it would be a great, almost Tarantino-esque kind of movie. Oh. Just go way over the top with it? It's over the top. Everything that possibly could go wrong did go wrong. And yet somehow it's a really good story. So There's no, like, book about this? I'm sure there's there's many books about it. Well... And I'm pretty sure they've made movies about it, too. But like, you know, uh, so and here's the other teaser. The first person to receive two medals of honor. Was a guy by the name of Thomas. Who received those two medals of honor for actions that took place three days apart. And both ended with him capturing regimental flags from the Confederacy. So basically a big game of capture the flag. Yeah. He was also the younger brother of George Custer. So, so, let's, so those are your teasers. Yeah. Tune in next week. Disney yeah. Disney Not released a night Disney released in nineteen fifties The Great Locomotive Chase. There you go. Mm. I think I'm gonna go try to I'm gonna go is try that, to watch that. Is that based on that? On Jacob Parrott. So. Yep. Really? Yeah. Hold on. All right. So to wrap up tonight. Since we're not going to talk about the Medal of Honor, not going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about some sandwiches, though. Uh, so there's another thing I saw on Twitter. If you had to get rid of one sand, or no, let me see. Let me make sure I have the picture correct. Get rid of the worst one. Go. So there's four sandwiches. You have to choose which one is the worst. Whatever Number has one. avocado. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the Big Mac. These are fast food sandwiches. Number one is the Big Mac. Number two, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Number three, Chick-fil-A's breaded chicken sandwich. So not their grilled. And number four, the Whopper. Which one is the worst one? You had to get rid of one of those four. Chick-fil-A. I said, yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan. Like, it's it's fine. But a Big Mac, man, that hits a spot. Big Mac. I'm going to say the Whopper. No, the Whopper's good. I like the Whopper. Seems What's the like difference pork- between Popeye's and Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich? Breaded I, chicken. I, Popeye's, Popeye's breading is better. I've, yeah, never, see, I've never been to a Popeye's in my life. Popeye's so. chicken sandwich is way better than Chick-fil-A's. Oh, okay. Especially uh, the, the breaded 
Chick-fil-A's, I actually think Chick-fil-A's grilled chicken sandwich is really good. I don't care for their breaded chicken sandwich. Popeye's has a really good breaded chicken sandwich. Oh, okay. I I, I haven't had a Big Mac or a Whopper in over 20 years, but the Whopper always, back when I did eat them, always felt like it was like a poor imitation of the Big Mac. Really? I think the Whoppers actually feels bigger than the Big Mac. But oh, I like is bigger. I like the flavor of the Big Mac. I think the Big Mac is a fantastic sandwich. I understand people, it's easy to hate on McDonald's. Yeah, well. There's a reason McDonald's is the biggest. (laughs) Yeah, they're tasty. You know, they had something a year or two ago where they they were doing the Big Mac, but they did like two smaller versions of it. All the same flavors just combined in smaller. It was good. Do they just call it the Mac? I yeah I, I forget what I, it was I mean, called. Mac Junior. Yeah. Yeah, that Mac Junior. It was good. I miss it. I mean, as I much like as you can Whopper. miss a sandwich. I yeah, think it's the good. Whopper can be better than a Big Mac, but the consistency at a Burger King is real sketchy. Yeah, like that's you don't true. know from Burger King to Burger King what you're getting. <laughs> I think you go to McDonald's, you know pretty much across the board. That you're going to get two all beef patties, special sauce. What is it? Thousand Island dressing. Two all beef patties, lettuce, lettuce, pickles, onions. On a sesame seed bun or whatever. Or the sesame seed bun. Now I want a Big Mac. (laughs) (laughs) It it comes in the box. So you know it's special. Do they still come in the box? Yes, they do. You got to like get deep, scoop it up and so you don't drop anything. I used to always have trouble... Eating the Big Mac because by the time I got to the end, everything was uneven. Yeah, that, yeah. that part that part I do remember. It's like the uh, the the joke meme where like you take a bite and then there's like the soldier giving you the salute as it's jumping out of the back of the plane. <laughs> that's like that's eating a burger. <laughs> the thing about the Big Mac that makes it better, I think, than a Whopper or like even the double quarter pounder is because it has that that third piece of bun in the middle mm-hmm. and kind of breaks it up i think that's what makes it so good i yeah. I, I will i will admit like i don't eat beef or pork anymore like because it gets me I sick know. but but uh if i if like every once in a while i just say screw it and like i'm gonna have yeah. a really bad day yeah like, let's it, go it's like, it, yeah, it's it's like a person who pain. yeah and I would probably, if I if I had to choose, a Big Mac would be the thing I would sit down and and eat because, like, I remember eating it as like a teenager and just being like, "Yeah, this was I I loved that thing." And, and my regret meter is a lot lower on the Big Mac than other fast food sandwiches. <laughs> Someone I work with was told that uh, due to his uh, kidneys or liver or something, the doctor told him you got to stay away from processed sugar. Mm-hmm. And so he seemed bummed about that. So he's been drinking water a lot lately. But several days this week, he came into our morning meeting with a bottle of Dr. Pepper. Hey. And I look at him. He's like, yeah, I just I'm going to feel like crap later. But it's just so good. It is. <laughs> it was. I, it is. It, it, I guess to me, like a Big Mac is like Mountain Dew. I hadn't had Mountain Dew in like a decade just because mm-hmm. I, I and I'm like, I like. I forgot how much I liked the taste of this, and I, I now need to like stay away from Mountain Dew again. <laughs> but oh, I know what Kyle's I'll, doing this week. 
Yeah, Mountain Dew and Big Macs. Mountain Dew and Big Macs. You have to go to two separate places. It's going to be worth it. Uh, So there's there's two movies, by the way, on that great locomotive chase. Okay. The General from 1926 and uh, the great locomotive chase from 1956. So we're due for a third film. Yeah. I think just saying, yeah, let's get, let's get on it. Hollywood. You want to keep remaking stuff. Let's remake that movie. Uh, last question still on the sandwich topic. Uh, your favorite burger toppings. So when you make a burger, I've got what, what toppings do you put on it? And the next question is where do you put the toppings on the burger? Do you put it on the bun do you put it over the patty? What, what do you do there? Because I have strong thoughts on this. I'm a chaos monkey, but you've I, I like you've I've watched you watch me, and like you have to leave sometimes. Yeah, it's disgusting. Wow. <laughs> it's just, well, what what is it you do, Kyle? I just puts like, it on top of the bun. Like <laughs> it, it just. <laughs> I do that too sometimes. Put it but below. Slice of cheese on the very bottom. I just put eat. the burger on top of the toppings. I, I do yeah. like to put stuff between the cheese and the burger, which that just horrified what? you. Yeah, it makes no sense. Here's the, okay, here's how it is. I'm just going to tell you. Bun. If you're going to have it, mayo, lettuce, tomato, pickles, onion, burger, cheese, ketchup, mustard, bun. What? That's how it should be done. No, <laughs> no. Wait, who? Yes. No, it's it's bun patty. Anything you want, bun. They're no. they're called top ins. <laughs> so they top the patty. See, I like putting stuff underneath. I like putting stuff on top, and that's usually when Jake walks away. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're actually just called condiments. Or fixins, so you can fix to put them wherever you want, and the right I'm ones fix to the put them. Okay, but tomato, uh, I'll, lettuce, I'll say cheese, tomato, pickle, onion, burger, cheese melts on top of the burger. Yes, that's where cheese bun. has to be. Yes, I mean, Not according to you, you can just put whatever you want up there. Yeah, I put the cheese, and then it's usually you got a usually of pickles on the top of your burger. That's what you have right now. Pickles on top of the cheese, oh, then the lettuce. No. Ketchup and mustard on the bun. Slap it on there. Next but can I tell Culver's, you? Next time you go to Culver's, see how they fix it. Well, you know. Oh. I can change my mind because Culver's does it right, but I've never paid attention to what they actually well, do. the way I described it, and that's the okay. reason I described well, it that way. So here's whatever. one thing I will say about burgers. The best thing I've done when making my own burgers, when I – when I get my burgers off the grill, I, I take my burger and I put it on the bun and I put the cheese on the burger. Yeah. I wrap it in aluminum foil and let it sit for 10 minutes. Mm. So it doesn't lose moisture, but kind of. So the moisture itself. gets into the into the bun a little bit. Mm. It melts the cheese down. So it's it's just good. I, I also like. Getting the bun and then like toasting the cheese on the bun. Well, like the burgers. Oh, okay. You like you put the you put the burger on the grill and then you throw the bun 
on the grill and you throw the bun, the cheese on top of the bun. So it's like you're making a grilled cheese sandwich while you're making a burger. Interesting. I haven't done that. Uh, I need to toast buns more often. That's one thing I failed to do, but toasty buns are (laughs) Mm. a game changer. It really is. When you have like the right fixings for a burger, like a burger with just ketchup and bun, it's good. It's solid. But if you have all the right fixings, it's just so much better. Yeah. Because of my whole meal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because of my lack of. Yeah. But yeah, because of my lack of getting to eat, because beef and pork are so, so much better than a chicken burger. Like, they're almost not comparable. The they're so much burger better. is basically a crime against humanity. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why I'm so obsessed with fixing stuff. Because it's like, you, you go insane just eating a damn chicken breast, breaded or not breaded, while everybody you else know, is sitting a, there a, eating a breaded up. A breaded chicken patty is not bad. It's not, but like when everybody else is eating like a Wagyu burger and I'm like, yeah, this is a good bean burger. You, you, you know, you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Settle oh, down, or, hippie. You know, I'm just like, oh, just yeah, uh, I, I will take the three days of up, upset stomach. Just give me the damn burger. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Someday, like, you know. Oh. Well. I'm hungry and it's 1130. So yeah, I think I think it's time for us to log off and go get something to eat. Yeah. We want to meet at the nearest McDonald's between all three of us. Do it, man. There you go. Good Lord. McDonald's. That might be where Jake lives. It might be. (laughs) Jake's like, I got to go like a half a mile. Yeah. I'll see you guys. Well, thank you, Kyle, for jumping on and uh, joining us tonight. Appreciate it, man. And uh, thank you all for listening. If you liked what you heard or saw, uh, please uh, like, subscribe, follow. And uh, you can find us on you know, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. You can see us on YouTube. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, mm. So check us out. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week and uh, have a great day in history. <laughs>